Six Illinois firefighters now have the state's highest honor for firefighters. Two from the Chicago area. Governor J.B. Pritzker talked about the awards during a ceremony at the Fallen Firefighters Memorial in Springfield. I know awards recognition does not make up for the sleepless nights and the hours away from your loved ones. But I hope that these awards bring you pride and comfort in knowing that the state of Illinois sees you, your sacrifice, and your service. The six Medal of Honor recipients include firefighter EMT Juan Gonzalez from the Chicago Fire Department. Welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Stories. Before we get started, I had an intro all set up for our next guest, but we're having a little technical difficulty, so I'm going to do it by hand. So. Do you know what this is? No? I like it. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We're going to be able to talk right over this. This, this is the type of intensity we need. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was our intro for our next guest. We have Juan Gonzalez, who was a recipient of 2022, right? State Fire Marshal. Uh, yeah, it was for the 2022. Yeah. So we've had a couple guests who were on that same, who were honored on the same day. We had Kyle Hemker from Bradley. We've had Chief Joy Olson from Blue Island. And now we have you to tell your story. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, Thank you guys for we, having me. We, got, we have a lot in common here because you also own a gym, and we're going to get into that too, the trials and tribulations of a gym owner. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, can't, we can't give it back, so <laughs> between the three of us, we're going to sort this out. Yeah. But you, uh, you've been with Chicago for how long? Uh, it's going to be eight years in August. Okay. And when I saw the state fire marshal video that they put together of you guys and they kept showing engine 91 yeah. but you're telling the story of the um well it was in september right uh or february 21st february, yeah. and you are talking about being on a truck but yeah. they kept shooting back to engine 91 you want to give us so, some clarification uh, on that my company is engine 91 uh I was detailed out to truck 13 that day. So uh, when they did their interview, they just did it at the house, but um, I was on truck 13. We're the first truck. Okay. So y you get detailed out of your normal, you you actually go from the engine to the truck. Have you been detailed to the truck or did you come from the truck originally? Yeah, so my first uh, station was truck 25. Um, Rogers Park. Rogers Park, yep. Yeah. And uh, Border Patrol was originally what uh because we're on the border of chicago and evanston but it's because they're on the border of chicago and evanston there's no other reason why they call you take it easy exactly everybody hey i'm hispanic um <laughs> shout out to my boys uh jermaine collins over down there in uh, evanston so yeah i did truck work um and we've detailed to great trucks um close by us and also we have the opportunity to 
train and work with the squad too. So those guys are awesome and learn a lot from them as well. We're we're gonna kind of jump around here for a sec because I kind of want to get a little bit of the story and then we'll go back here. Okay, but you show up for your regular day. You find out that you're being detailed out. You go to the truck and. Did you have any other work prior to that that fire were um, that we're going to talk about? That day is kind of a blur now, but I think it was a normal kind of truck thirteen day. We think we had a couple of runs, yeah, nothing too crazy. Okay, we have a good group of guys out there. So, okay, did you know the guys that that you were working with that day? Or yeah, were you, yeah. All right, well that's good. Now, what what time of day did this come in? Like it was it, nighttime, so overnight. Yeah, so okay. we're in our bunks. Um, so it's definitely one of those things where you already know there's people sleeping. You know? Yeah. Did it come in as a just a, a still? Yeah, it came in as a still. Um, I can't remember exactly, but it was something with, we shouldn't be first truck, but we ended up being the first truck. Yeah. Uh, engine 124 was first engine. I think truck 38 was on a call or something. I'm not um, too uh, sure. But we ended up being first truck, so it kind of just took over from there. You know, okay. once Explain to people what first truck responsibilities are. So first truck responsibility is, um, well, you know, scene safety size up. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you are, you are the first. You, that, yeah. If you're the first truck, you're going to be the first one. So there first thing, um, going through reminds uh, what time of day, like you said, right? Nighttime, so usually people are sleeping, right? So we know we might have to get a lot of people up and out if there's a fire. So. Uh, we obviously didn't know yet. Um, we got there kind of same time as 124, so we're getting off looking. Uh, we seen what's this building look like? So it was kind of a weird like L shape, um, like an apartment three building. Three stories, yeah, yeah, apartments. But they had like two different entrances. It was weird. It was. It always is right. Kind of like a half court house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was real weird. I I never been to like a fire for one of those. So it was definitely a first. Um, I, I was like, I, cause I have uh, other family and friends, you know, on the job, you know, and, uh, my cousin texted me the one time he's like, uh, yeah, we had this fire. This guy passed away. He's in Skokie. He's like, yeah, it was a fucked up building. I go, every fire we go to is a fucked up building. <laughs> no, every single one of <laughs> them. So one. as long as you have the mentality when you're going in that this is going to be a fucked yeah, up no building. Perfect, yeah, yeah. There's no perfect <laughs> building. Yeah. Yeah. So we showed up and sure enough, uh, heavy smoke and already they're kind of self, you know, um, rescuing rescuing uh so we just went uh lieutenant on truck 13 randy was there he uh basically led us to the correct building um and we started just opening up and make sure there's no one in okay so point. you gotta you gotta make the door to get into this apartment complex uh apartment complex was the door was open already because there's people okay. already fleeing but uh a lot of the apartments were closed, so there's three three floors, and there was two doors on each floor. So the layout was the same each floor. So we just started from the bottom, making our way up top. Okay, and you're the only thing you're doing right now is looking for people. Just looking for people. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and the conditions weren't t too terrible at this point. Um, so conditions were fine for the first two floors, and that's when um I was told to go to the third floor. And at that yeah, point, yeah, because they said it's too good for you right here. You right, got, yeah. <laughs> go, go, we need you work shitty. It's too yeah. easy to go up. <laughs> so when we went up right away, going to that in between the first, second floor landing, 
uh, I had to mask up right away. So I was like, and then I felt the heat. So I was like, all right. <laughs> so you knew you were getting close. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So then, um, just started crawling up to that, uh, last ledge and started doing my search from there and so, zero visibility. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. lights out when you get to the third floor. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. But you know, cause you were just on the, the previous two floors, how this is going to lay out. Right. So yeah. You, you so gotta, exactly. Gotta, I knew there's two doors, right? So I knew either, well, number one, I knew either one of the doors were open or it was just pushing out through under the door or something. Cause there was smoke all the way down. Um, I couldn't, at this point I couldn't see the doors. So that's when I just started crawling uh, to the doors. And that's when you run into something. So originally I completely missed, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm blacked out. There's no zero. And I start feeling a lot of heat. So I'm like, you know, I'm trying to be careful and cautious. So I just reached out. I'm a pretty big guy, you know, so I'm on all fours. I reached out and. I felt the door was locked, but I felt like this was, you know, the right side of the door. It wasn't the, the first one. So I went back. And when I went back is when I didn't realize at the time, but I was already like the door was open and I was already halfway into the apartment. Oh, because the ledge was like maybe two f- feet from the stairs. to okay. the door. You um, hadn't realized you had actually. Yeah, entered the I had no idea where I was. Right. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so at that, that happens. <laughs> right. So at that point, I basically just start searching and uh, that's when I felt about it. All right. So we'll we'll leave it at that and we'll come back. All right. All right? So uh, you came on eight years ago. Uh, where did you initially go right out of the academy? Uh, Truck 25. That okay. was my first now that's uh, right. duty assignment. Yeah. Oh, okay, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're on a variance. We're so on a variance. I gotta, I gotta Corey's pick not up the here slack. and he has to fill the void. <laughs> there, you, there you go. He's going to get it no matter what. He's right? getting it no matter what. And... How long was it before you got your first fire? Uh, believe it or not, uh, I was told, you know, to do my time because I wasn't getting much work. But as soon as I showed up to Truck 25, we were working. Uh, <laughs> and it was a lot of different experiences. You there know? you go. So it was pretty funny to me. I, was, I always say thanks for, uh, um, what do you call it, um, giving me, you know, good luck for telling me I'm not going to do anything. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Truck 25 was a great experience. Uh, good crew out there. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know about Rogers Park, but there's everything. It's the United Nations out there. Yeah, there's every all type of buildings, people. I mean, I learned so much from the lakeside, right? Lake rescue to courtyards to uh, four plus ones. I mean, you, you name it. You everything out there. Yeah, there's everything. Yeah. High rise. Yeah, taxpayers. Yeah. I, yeah. Everything. <laughs> it was actually interesting when I started, because I'm, right, yeah, I have no time on a job, but I started doing little uh, details and um, trades you know, pretty uh, fast and going, I went out to these houses and they're like, I don't know what a four plus one is, or I don't, you know, some guys didn't even know how to release an elevator. And I'm like, what? <laughs> we do this all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a great first spot. You know, I just probably got lucky, but either way, it was a great spot to learn. You had a good officer with you. Yeah. When you get first oh, yeah. Out there. oh yeah. Yeah. Good. What made you want to leave? Um, so we started off hot. And then for Fizzled, almost a huh? year and a half, nothing. So <laughs> you, I was like, all right, this is... Time to go? This is what they were talking about, you right, know? Right, right, <laughs> like right. this, I got it, I got it. <laughs> so yeah, so time to go talk to some people, looking around, um, you know, just asking for advice because I didn't know anything, you know? What's a good house? You know, everyone thinks the grass is green on the side, but... Right. Not always. So 
talked to my buddy uh, Brandon Davis. He's like, you know, I'm at, I moved, I came to 91, last order. So started looking at that. Um, put in for some home run spots, uh, truck 35, truck uh, 26, you know, and uh, didn't, didn't get those. So. <laughs> you, you wanted to go straight back to a truck though, right? Um, originally, yeah. 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 Originally, yeah, I did. And then, but then you were, you kind of settled on, I'd rather have a good house. Well, at the time, uh, I had a great captain, Captain Hoffman. I don't know if, um, you're familiar, but he turned chief and he just retired a couple years ago, but he told me, he's like, you know what? Um, one of the best firemen are the ones are versatile that I've been on truck and uh, engine. Right. So I was like, took that into consideration. Then, uh, Brandon definitely, uh, recruited the hell out of me <laughs> and, <laughs> and told me how good the shift was and he wasn't lying. So did he tell you about the weight room? Uh, he did not tell me about the weight room. Okay. I found out about the weight room when I went to go visit, but it does have one of the best weight rooms. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, you know who else has a sneaky snake, uh, nice weight room Ooh. engine seven. But it's in the basement. It's in the basement. And you got to find it. It's pretty big, though. <laughs> you do. Because it, it's weirdly, they have, like, this bank vault. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's very sneaky. You're right. Now I'm, like, picturing in my head. Yeah. But it's pretty big. So I, I'm getting curious. We were, I was on the truck, and uh, we weren't – it was, like, a Saturday morning. And we – like, I don't want to say we weren't busy, but that day – that morning, we weren't really yeah, doing much. Different. And it was, it was, like, fucking snowing like crazy out. And uh, we ended up having a, uh, two fires later that day, but – I'm like, all right, I'm, you know, detailed. I'm walking around. I'm like, guys, I see guys going down to the basement at workout clothes. And then so I'm like, huh. So I walk down to the basement and I can't find anybody. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing down there? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta like walk around a little bit in the basement. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, this is an awesome fucking weight room yeah. for the fire department. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny they said that, yeah. Well, prior to you coming to Chicago, you were, did you come straight from the Marine Corps to the fire department? So I was in Army. Oh, Army. Yeah. That's okay. I, I, thought, you got, I thought you were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I, f I fucked that up. Okay, so that wasn't me. I did hear Marine, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I said Marines. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. So apologies. I was in um, I was in Army, uh, infantry. I uh, I didn't come right out straight to uh, Chicago. So my dad's on the job. Okay. He's retiring next year. So that's how, like, I had the opportunity to see, you know, what being a fireman is about and I've always had in my head like that'd be a pretty badass job to do uh but quite frankly being in the military so young and you know I got out when I was 22 I really didn't know much about what I wanted to do so, right so you went straight in straight out of high school yeah, yeah. so it was kind of like halfy right so I got into college played uh football where'd you go to high school uh Garen College Prep they knocked okay. it down so yeah, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. exist Technically, I didn't go, but I <laughs> <laughs> uh, feel saucy about Wait, that. Wait, how old are you? Uh, 32. Okay, all right. Because um, when I was in high school, it was Holy yeah. Cross. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I got recruited for, Holy Cross, right? And right. then literally that year was like, oh, now we're the Gators. Wasn't that mad, though? Yeah. There's girls, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I ended up going to uh, Benedictine University in Lyle to play football. There you go. Um, but uh, some, like most, uh, that's all I wanted to do was football, not school, right? So I wasn't ready for that. Quickly realized, so I was like, all right, I got to do something. And that's when I um, left and went to and signed up for the military. So that same, it was what? I think Christmas break, I broke into my parents, like, I signed up for the Army. 
<laughs> and they're like, what? Oh, you didn't like even include yeah, them in the conversation yeah, yeah. at Literally. all whatsoever. Well, my dad was in the military. My uncle, okay. uh, he did a career. I have tons of family in the military. So it was kind of like me literally sitting down and self-evaluating like, damn, I fucked up. I really didn't concentrate on my grades. Like, I, I really don't like school. Like, what am I going to do, you know? So I was like, all right, I got to do something. I don't want to be a bum. So uh, I just went on my own. And just went to a recruiter. You're the recruiters, like Melrose Park dream, right? Just walked in. They didn't do anything. They saw you walked in. Hey, were you were you you know in football shape still? Yeah, I was like probably right now. I'm like two seventy. I was probably like two forty, two forty five ish. They saw a two forty five pound and football player walk in the door. And it was like no brainer. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I asked questions, nothing. I definitely did it wrong. You wound up in the infantry. Nah, that's a whole nother story, man. <laughs> oh, well, we like, get some time. Like straight up <laughs> 11 Bravo infantry? Yeah, but it wasn't like that at first. So at the time, my cousin, he was a recruiter, but not in Chicago. He was uh, down in Texas. And he told me, hey, do... Uh, Wait, did you give him a heads up or no? Well, I kind of chat with him in okay. terms of like picking my, my job, right? Okay. Because I really didn't know. Again, I just turned 18. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, okay. right? <laughs> so I'm like... You know what should I do? And he goes, man, do something that's gonna relate to outside when you when you get out. So I'm like, all right, whatever. He's like, there's a job you work with fiber take cables. You know, it's a high ticket uh, job when you get out. You can make good money, blah blah blah. I'm like, whatever. So I sign up for it. I'm there that day in Meps, getting uh, <laughs> in this room, and they're like, and that's where you get to your, your medical and. Yeah, they do the medical they stuff, but they get you in this room before anything, before you go any further. And they're like, all right, basically, like, who for if anyone forced you, or you know, they <laughs> seriously, they're like, is anyone like right now? Is there time to leave if you want, or uh, what um, MOS you want, stuff like that? And literally, right then and there, I'm not kidding. I looked at this poster, and there's a guy, and it was like, be infantry, blah blah, and I'm like. Man, that's badass. I want to jump out of helicopters, like you know. <laughs> so I literally just raised my head and go, "How do I do that?" And the guy's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, how do I like shoot shit and <laughs> jump out of helicopters?" Just making dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> He's hey. like, uh, "That's infantry, you know." There's uh, Love and Bravo, you know. And I'm like, "I want to do that." And he looks at my papers like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know what this is. I I want to do that." He's like, "All right." And right then there changed my MOS. Wow. And again. Had to break it to my parents <laughs> what I was doing. Yeah, you know that fiber optic thing I yeah. was going to do? I'm not doing I'm it not anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a whole nother. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, you made that 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 life decision right yeah. there on the spot. How did it turn out for you? Uh, How, how'd you like it? I'm here talking to you guys, so uh, <laughs> great. But, uh, you know, uh, it was a great experience. Uh, good days, bad days. But I wouldn't change it for the world, man. Yeah. It was. It made me who I am. Um and the bonds that I had through that process, I still talk to the guys, you know, till this day. So yeah, I mean, in retrospect, it's a way cooler story than the fiber optics. Oh yeah, oh, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what I would. Damn, man, this, <laughs> I never thought about it like that. <laughs> I wouldn't have half the stories, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I don't think uh, the fiber optic guys are exchanging too many, you know, cool stories. No, no, no. Uh, so you spent. Four years, right? That you you signed a four year contract. Oh uh, yeah, it was a little more, because um, I got extended. You go the anywhere? Cool. Um, so did my four bending basic training, uh, duty station, uh, Fort Wayne, right in Alaska. 
Sean Alaska. So that was a big was adjustment. That? Big adjustment, dude. <laughs> I had a buddy who was in the Air Force in Alaska. Well, they have way cooler shit. Okay, so it was right, way better right. experience for him. <laughs> he's, he's a Berwyn fireman now, so. I used to literally drive 45 minutes to the Air Force base just to use their gym because of <laughs> how much the Air Force was. Yeah, they take care of their people. Uh, so my first day, right, they tell you it's cold, but they don't tell you how cold. <laughs> I don't have a coat or anything. It was negative 45 degrees outside. Oh, my God. I was, I was, I didn't even know what to call it. I can't imagine feeling that again, but it was a big uh, slap in the face. Then next day, seeing a moose for the first time, <laughs> completely <laughs> out of my mouth. In the wild. Was like, what the fuck is that? Like, seriously, I was crazy. You and don't got I, moose in Chicago. <laughs> what the fuck well, is I'll, this? I'll tell you what. Sit next to him. Imagine what the moose must have been thinking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, two hundred forty-five pounds of uh, wine here coming yeah, at right. you, dude. It was, I'm telling you right now. I was in a car, SUV, and this thing. I'm like, I. It was amazing, but Alaska was great. That was a whole different experience. Like what kind of th things were you, were you just drilling out there? Like, yeah, mostly. Well, I got there November. Um, when it's negative yeah, it 45 was, degrees. Yeah, out. but I'm trying to think <laughs> of when I came from basic there. I got there in November, and in February, we got orders to deploy. So it was kind of real quick. I mean, it was really just getting adjusted to uh, my company, stuff like that, and then, boom, training for deployment. So uh, January, you know, we left in April, but January to April, it was just all the focus was. So that was my first... And where'd you go in April? Um, we went to Afghanistan. So, so, so our, all that cold weather training came in handy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'd even, that's interesting. I didn't even uh, have a summer there yet. My, my first summer was when I got back because I did 15 months deployment. Yeah. So when I got back was my first uh, summer in Alaska. And where in Afghanistan did you go? Um, Kandahar region, um, specifically uh, Spurringar. Okay. Um, where were we at? Were you guys just like a security force? Oh, no, no, Did you no, guys no, have no. specific... Yeah. yeah. I mean, can't talk about everything, but it was... Yeah, we were you, missions, daily... You weren't doing fiber optic OP. shit? No, right, right. Okay. <laughs> well, at the time, I wish I was. I was like, oh, shit. I, I fucked know. up. I might, have, I might have messed up. You're uh, thinking about the time where you're like, hey, I wanted to do that. Right. <laughs> Why didn't I just keep my mouth shut? Well, dude, should have fucking shut what up. What actually <laughs> happened was... So you get to, it's called CAF, right? So it's like all the military in the world is, is in this place. And, you know, there's, at the time I'm single, so there's girls. So I'm with all guys. So right away, I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> uh, showers, there's a chow hall, there's all type of stuff. They even had like a TGI Fridays, right? I'm like, this is not bad. This is the point. They're like, nah, we're, we're going out there, right? So we leave the gate. Our first day, it's called the OP, right? And... The who were relieving hadn't finished. They're called Hescos. It's kind of like your barrier. So our first day, we're literally just pulling guard, basically all nighters, and building these Hescos by hand, shoveling sand in them. And it was like <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I, I should have done the fire optics. But uh, yeah, I mean that was that was our, our day one there. That was pretty crazy. I'm glad that you didn't go down the fiber optic route. Oh, yeah, I'm me glad too. Because you're sitting here now. Yeah. So 
everything turned out great. How long did you stay out there before you came back? Um, we were out there. So everyone gets a um, leave, right, r and I didn't get so lucky. I got r and literally two months in. So, like, I was there for two months straight, got my two-week R&R, and then I was there straight for 13 months. You know, so it's kind of like we were talking about furloughs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got one, two, three. Well, you when you, when you, <laughs> what do you, so you get R&R'd. Where, I went you, back home. You go anywhere. Oh, you go anywhere you want. A lot of guys but, go to Saudi Arabia. So, um, I don't know about uh, now, but when I was in, a lot of people went to Australia. A lot of people went to, like, Europe, stuff like that. Um, I just went back home, honestly. Yeah. I took my, my uh, family on vacation, and it's, it might sound you know messed up, but in my head, I was like, well, this might be the last time I see them, you know, after experiencing just those two months. So I was like, I just want to see my family and you know spend time with them, honestly. So, yeah, that's what I did. We went to Puerto Rico. Okay. And then came back, and, yeah, I was there for 13 months straight after that. You didn't go to Tijuana like a couple of my other friends? Nah. <laughs> All right, just throw nah. Unfortunately not. <laughs> I was too young, you know. I did, shit, eighteen. I didn't. That's, that's, I didn't know what what is what. Yeah, I didn't, right. You it, haven't figured that whole. Maybe part. now. I, yeah. I got a couple. If my wife's not listening, I got a couple. She ain't gonna listen to this. <laughs> you didn't have enough bad influences in your unit. Right, right. Yeah, you we're all pretty young. Had a, yeah, I had a couple older guys, but yeah. for the most part, we we're all pretty young. Now let's let's take you back because you came back and. What what'd you do with the rest of your military time when you came back? Because um, they, they rotated you out, Yeah, right? so at the time, in the process, uh, I started going to all these schools. Um, so in in that, I thought I was going to career at the time. Okay. Right, because I obviously didn't have, like, school. I didn't uh, have really a plan for that. So I started thinking about, you know, going to Ranger, going to SF, Special Forces, all this stuff. So I started taking all these classes. Um and at the same time, I started going to school. <laughs> Surprising. Because uh, I found out that while you're in, and this is anyone that's still in, while you're in, any school you go to doesn't go towards your GI Bill. So you still have your GI Bill okay. when you get out. You're not using up that money. Exactly. Yet. So it was free schooling. So I'm like, genius. So I just started going to school. And through that, I found the love for personal training, kinesiology, you know, stuff like that. Where'd you go to school? Uh, so Alaska University of Alaska. Oh, okay, cool. I went to school. Um, nice. There. What's their mascot? I don't remember. Uh, Vince is gonna have to look this up. Yeah, Corey, Corey, look it up on your computer. <laughs> it's, it's a walrus. I no. don't. He's not here. <laughs> Might be a polar. I don't. I don't a remember. polar bear. bear. I don't remember. That should, they should. If they're not, they should be a polar. <laughs> this is the University of Alaska. Yeah, University of Alaska in Fairbanks. Yeah. All right. All right. Fairbanks. Yep. But uh. Yeah, I started going to school, and that's when I was like, man, this is what I want to do. Strength and conditioning, you know, give back, go teach people um, how to get stronger, faster type deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even tried to set up a internship with the strength and conditioning coach in Texas. Okay. So, like, that's kind of, like, big shift from, oh, shit, this is, you know, might be my career for the rest of my life kind of deal. So, a lot of people didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a big uh, slap in the face to them because I was kind of fast tracking um, in terms of ranking up and you know team leader, squad leader kind of deal. So they were they're kind of like pissed off, you know. Okay. They spent all this money on me going to these schools and 
training and all this stuff, and I kind of pieced out, you know? Yeah. You'll never, you'll never guess what it is. What? Uh, it's Nanook. Nanook. It's a polar bear. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that, it. See? I was right. Yeah. yeah. I knew it. It's polar bears. Yeah, I like Goddamn it. Polar I bear. like it. I told you. <laughs> so if we got any alumni out there, we'll take a couple sweatshirts. Any Nanooks. <laughs> if there's any Nanooks out there. One squeezing into a double XL, we were told these days. So while you're in school, it's kind of like, and I just want to brush over this. The other guys were kind of like, what the fuck? How come he gets to go to school? Or what was that? No, not for the school part. It was more so when I started talking about getting out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. I All the leadership and stuff. I mean, I even got called into office. Uh, my sergeant major was like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? You know, stuff like that. Because they thought at, they were going to keep you. Yeah. At the time, right? I, I can't remember the numbers, but it's a big number, right? At the end of the day, just out of basic training, it's thousands, right? Hundreds of thousands of dollars of of training that they put sure. into you, right? Sure. And then after deployment, after all these schools I go to, literally, you know, jumping off helicopters, doing all the stuff I said I wanted to do, for me to peace out is kind of a F you to their face, you know. But uh I you know, a lot of things not to get all, you know, sad and sentimental, but you know, I kind of felt a lot of different things as well. Uh, towards me and me changing in my mental and stuff like that. So sure, I yeah. kind of knew that if I did go that route, uh, the point of no return kind of, you know, so that's when I made that decision to uh, pursue that career and that, you know, that choice of just going to school and finishing that. Yeah. Yeah. So and you were going to school. You didn't have the, the fire department wasn't even on the radar. No, not at the time. No. Um, like I said, just, you know, my father, was in. I knew about the job. I watched it growing up, you know. But you had your mindset on, on this training. Yeah, because for the first time, right, it was like, wow, I feel like passionate about something. I want to do something, right? That was kind of like my dilemma in the first place. And the reason why I joined the military because I didn't know what I want to do in my life. Right. So I had to do something in the meantime. But actually finding out I had a passion for something was, to me, it was like a light bulb, right? It was like, damn, okay, I'll, I can do this, you know. So that's was a huge uh, life you know, shift for me. And you knew that you wanted to get back to Chicago to keep pursuing this? Oh, no. I, <laughs> I love this city, but, uh, you know, after being on my own for so young, I love traveling. I love, so I went to Texas um, for a little bit. I was living outside uh, Fort Hood because uh, the girls with the time was still in. So I was down in Texas doing personal training. Had You know, I went through the personal training school. Uh, like I said, I tried to do the apprenticeship with the strength condition coach. It wasn't technically the apprenticeship, kind of just outlooked a little bit. Was she in the medical field? Uh, no, she was in logistics. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of lived out there for a little bit. So then this is when they had the 2014 test and my dad called me, Hey, come take this test. I was like, all right, cool. I'll come take it. You know, cause at the time I was doing my thing but it wasn't like i knew it wasn't it and it was probably the same conversation that every kid whose dad <laughs> or mom was on the job had. yeah yeah come take the test well i don't know if i mentioned i don't care if you're fucking interested <laughs> in the job yeah. or not get your ass over here and yeah. take this. it's like a rite of passage literally just, take the fucking test i'm not even joking you don't, have to, take you the don't job, have to take the job take the take verbatim the test. Yeah. that's exactly what happened <laughs> well that's that's been a common theme for people who sat in that exact same chair that you are that their parents told them, just come take the test. Yeah. Do whatever you want after that. Yeah. 
and they wound up having a, like a career in it. So you got you got honey dick just like everybody <laughs> else. <laughs> Literally, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, and I'm glad I did. You know, again, what what number did you get? One twenty two. A hundred and twenty two. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> what was your number? Uh, Fifteen. Oh, one thousand five hundred twenty four. Okay. I remember. Wow, 120. Yeah. And then my best friend who, like, wanted to get on, he got, like, 17,000 <laughs> like something. And he's like, you mother. And I was like, hey, I'm going to tell you. I'm sorry. Were you telling him? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to take it. Yeah, I'm not even taking it. Don't worry. Don't you're, worry. One, you're one closer. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even want it. <laughs> this episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho. If you're a city employee and you get hurt, you have the option to request sports and ortho when you're being assigned some physical therapy, right? Yeah, absolutely. We can always choose us. We're on the city plan. So if you want to come to us, we are happy to see you. Yeah, you're, you're not locked into whoever they send you to. You can always make a request to go to a better facility if you'd like. And sports and ortho is a good alternative. We think so. So you got 127. Now you got to really strongly consider. Oh, yeah. Right? With that number. You're, but that's the beauty of it. You can do both. You can still go down what your passion is. And, and that's exactly have, why I took it, right? Because I, I literally knew growing up how my dad you know, worked and was able to come to our game still and be there still, but still work a full-time job. And I was like, oh, shit, I could do that too. Excuse me. So that's why I... Again, little another little life shift. Deuced again came to Chicago, <laughs> and then uh, started just personal training here. And where'd you start out at? Uh, Export and State Street. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's funny too because like I don't know how I just ended up um, there and just like in South Loop. Where, where, and where was, like, were you living when you get first? Back here? So I just went straight and just got an apartment in South Loop. Like. Had no clue of anything or what's neighborhoods, right? I haven't lived here. And when and someone's from Chicago, that 17, 18 till 22, 23, like, you're experiencing the city. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> no idea. And just, yeah, just, that's where it all started. Just so We were actually, ironically enough, Steve and I were just talking about uh, export and their personal trainers. What is the percent that you guys get to keep? For personally, if they charge me a hundred, how much do you get to walk with? Um, so at that, they have a weird system. Though, yeah, right? it's now it's way. Well, I don't know what it is now, but at the time, um, commission was ten percent off any package you sold, right? So if I sold ten thousand, I got a thousand of that, right? Ridiculous. And if you sold a hundred, got ten dollars. <laughs> um, <Fuck>. if <laughs> if I uh, so it would be off of your um, servicing your clients. So each hour. I think at the time I was getting like nineteen bucks, something. Yes. So it wasn't wasn't very lucrative. No, I mean for me, I've always hustled, so I would be there from five. What was that word you used? What was that word you used? Hustle. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> five a.m. to about nine p.m. Right. Yeah, you got to fucking work it. At yeah. Those rates. No, and then like an hour every hour. Yeah. Right. So it killed me. And, and how I, often? How often were you on the phone? Hardly ever. Yeah. I mean, like, call, you never had to call clients? No, or? because I, <laughs> so whether it was luck or not, or I put in the work, 
just based off my look. Okay. I got clients right away. I was getting that makes booked, sense. That makes know? sense. My uh, fitness measure at the time was like saw me as a as gold because right he had to hit his numbers, and I, I was already doing this for a little while. And my look and it was easy transition. It was like boom, 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 and then South Loop clientele. You know everything changes with clientele, so it wasn't that hard. And then I had a good mentor in Texas because I originally worked uh, out of Gold's Gym in um, Harker Heights. And he kind of showed me the ropes in terms of like being a good trainer is not just uh, showing someone how to work out, but being on time, being there, you know, not canceling on them, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. So I was getting re-ups every month and just building up. But honestly, I was working way too much for the, you know, the amount of money that I was getting. So, but you, you, you were still you were still into it, though. Oh yeah, like, no, I love dude. Fitness changed my life. I yeah. mean, it's a huge but part you, of. You saw that there there had to be something better. Oh yeah, than working at export. For oh yeah, of course. No, I dollar. mean, I mean that was it wasn't it. I knew that wasn't going to be forever. I knew something with fitness, right? Uh, but I didn't think that was going to be it, and that's why I knew for a fact. Like, all right, I made the right decision. Um, get on the job, and I'll and be. Able to how long did you wait before you got called? Not 14. So I got called 2015 to like start the process, like the end of 2015. And then I was either going to be in the first or second class, you know, how it goes with the um, background checks and all that stuff. And I ended up in the second class of of the 2014 list. Okay. I mean, so far everything's just like working out for you. Yeah. Right, like just random decisions and just making my way, you know. <laughs> right. I, honestly, it was just off of just me feeling and, and uh, you know, honestly, I had my dad to thank for that. Honestly, watching him, how he taught us and grew up, you know, was able to see him kind of live out his dreams. He was a postman when, as early as I can remember, so probably like eight or nine. I knew he delivered mail, but I knew he wasn't happy. I knew. Uh, obviously talking to him now, he knew he had to make a big change. And for him, becoming a fireman was like life-changing for our family, right? Yeah. Moved us out of the south side up north. Nothing against the south side, but we didn't live in the best neighborhood when we were in the south side. So watching, you know, my own father live out his dreams is just making these leaps and transitioning. I think that's where I kind of got it from. But uh, other than that, man, it just whether it's luck or just meant to be, you know, that just, like you said, just things started happening and lining. So. Well, in the, you being in the fitness industry prior to you going to the academy, um, outside of the EMT stuff and it, for the physical stuff, it was pretty easy for you or were you still, yeah. cause it's a different type of working out um, down at the academy than you, you're not lifting any weights. hundred percent. But from the military stuff, yeah, it was kind of just being back in the military kind of, um, not saying it was easy, but it wasn't as strenuous as the military training. Uh, but it was kind of felt at home with it. And then, uh, believe it or not, I didn't think I was going to be good at AMT, but from my military training and because that's cool in Afghanistan, we're each other's medics, right? Yeah. Like you're, <laughs> if our medic goes down, we have to know how to treat our medics. So I actually 
That's the cross training of all cross training. Yeah. No, <laughs> honestly. So like the EMT stuff actually came to me pretty quick. So I was like, oh, and I was worried. I was like, damn, I got to, but because I hate school, but uh, no, it was. Yeah. People don't realize that. Pretty good. That's a, that's a rough three months for, for, for people who don't have any background in that. Oh yeah. And I related to people ask me what it's like down in Decanyon for those three months. And I'm like. For somebody, you have a guy who's an electrician, and he comes in. It, it's the same as me teaching him Portuguese. Right. It's a whole different language. Yeah. Totally different. Like, I mean, the group studying and all that stuff, yeah. people literally talking about stress, taking the national, like wanting to pass on the first time. Yeah. I'll never forget that day. All of us, uh, you know, the, the first group got their the yeses or nos, you know, right, because they went early on. I was the last group. <laughs> so we were waiting and they're like, all right, guys, you guys can leave. And I was like, what? Like, you know, I had to wait till the next day, man. I could not sleep that night. Well, it I, had, was... I had been a paramedic for six years already when I started the fire academy. Really? And when I opened up that EMT book, I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? And I looked at my wife. I'm like, and she, cause I was like, you know, I, I'll be fine. Right. And then I opened up the book and I'm like, Oh, I'm not fine at all. <laughs> this EMT shit is complete. Like yeah. my EMT book was completely different than the one they gave me in the right, fire right. academy. I was like, I actually have to fucking study. This sucks. <laughs> no, yeah, and I—I I mean, I studied as well, but like, I truly thought it was gonna be a real foreign language, but surprisingly, it wasn't. There you go. So, that was that was pretty good. So you you made it out of FAS, yep. and you went to the Quinn, and that's your first experience with any firefighting type of doing anything right oh yeah so there's a whole nother world that you're you're diving into yeah how how did you take to that where you immediately like this is this is cool this is so what i want to do for the physical aspect right i've always done something physical you easy. didn't have a you didn't I have a spot it. of mustard on your uniform did you? <laughs> no okay. no all right that's that's a steve <laughs> hurling story yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll save that one for another day but uh no i mean it, it looked awesome right um I remember the day where I watched my dad graduate from the Quinn and it was a little different back then, uh, a little more hardcore, but that was a great experience, right? The live fire, it was actually real fire. And like, it, you know, that was awesome. So I kind of had a expectation, I guess, but learning more about it. I mean, what's not to love, man. It's the greatest job in the world for a reason. So it, uh, yeah, it was awesome. You get out, you go to, um, the border patrol, you make it, you know, you have a great time there. It fizzles out. It, it, it very much sounds like, um, uh, Billy Heenan where he would go somewhere, it would fizzle out. He'd jump, <laughs> ship, go to find whatever was the busiest firehouse and go over there. So you, you just wanted to get to a better house, right? Yeah. For me, um, whether you want to call it Ryer passage or I got, I guess pretty young on the job. I was 25 when I got on, you know, I just wanted action and I don't want to be just sitting sure. down all day. I figured I'll save that when I'm older, you know, and broken. So I could work just your way back. Chill out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do it now. And yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> you gotta, you, by the time you got to engine 91, you already pretty, you had a lot of experience for being on for relatively no time at that point. Yeah. And um, do you still did you still have your sights more on like the the busier companies than that? Like you know you wanted to you tried to get in truck twenty six. 
Yeah, so I honestly, man, I it was a big adjustment. So um being on engine is not a joke. I mean, we're talking about numbers and you know, you have to know shit. You know, you can't just uh can't just break things, right? Yeah. So that was a big adjustment. Uh, honestly, man. You're making Steve's day, by the way. I'm just being honest because I got an engine guy. I, I, I you know, I had had talks with me, you know, like, hey, you gotta know your stuff, you know, because to me, I'm like, whatever, I could do it. You know, that's what was my attitude. And I can. I when it comes to physics, when it comes to game day, I'm getting it done no matter what. But I really learned and being around guys who took the pride and actually, you know, worked. Um, it was good. It was a shell shock, right? It was it was like, all right, like I got to get my act together, you know, because I want to be a par to my uh, to my peers, you know. Yeah, I don't. Did, did But did you feel that going from truck 25 down to engine? 90, did you feel like the game has changed a little bit, like you were held a little more? So a not a right away, right? Because I didn't know what to expect. I, right. I just went in. All I can do is do my best at that time and, and you know, feel everything out because I didn't come really with no expectations. Um, and, yeah, and it just was – it was a big shock to, to see the actual behind the scenes, if you will, right? Yeah. Because the whole – because <laughs> it is a little tug of war, right? Like the truck versus engine. And because that's how it was. Like when I was in truck 25, all truck stuff. I didn't even <laughs> go next to the engine. I didn't even care. I didn't, nothing. I, I was going to be a truck guy for the rest of my life. But uh, so when I went to the engine, um, it was a big shock, you know, big adjustment, but worked out. Did, did you like gravitate to it right away? Were you like, or were you like, man, I missed the truck? Um, Kind of, sort of. It was more like I knew like being on a pot, there's nothing cooler than being on a pipe you're first in you're, you're the one finding the fire you're putting it out right so i kind of started heading like getting hyped up for that but then all those stuff, i was like oh man like i miss breaks it just was easier to be on the truck right yeah for me because again physical and doing things it just comes naturally and it's what i love doing so it just took a little more effort to be a good engine guy so uh, that brings me to my curiosity about you were a truck guy starting off and now you're going to a busy engine company. What did your first lead out look like when you actually had to go to your first fire on an engine? Um, pretty good. Dude. It, went, it went well. Yeah. So because we trained you, because you trained. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So at the time, wait, what was that word? <laughs> trained. Okay. <laughs> so at the time, uh, I got there and our new captain there, Hans Ziggenbein who's now the chief. And is I he, mean, is he German? He is German. Okay. So, you know, you see what type <laughs> yeah, of training uh -huh, we got. Uh, -huh. uh, so man, he had us, we trained every day and me being the new guy at the time, I trained every day. So, uh, I mean, as, uh, repetitive it might've been, it worked out, you know, and the group of, uh, guys on the engine as well, they're squared away. Again, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm, I'm. They're squared away. I need to be squared away as well, right? So I got to be just as good. I can't be the, the uh, weakest link, you know. Yeah. So that's just kind of where my head was. Even though I was, because again, trying to numbers and not that's not my, <laughs> 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 it's not my, not my thing. But 
I, you know, I had to get together. So, do you remember your first fire on ninety one? Honestly, no, man. No. What What about a memorable fire at ninety one? What What were you doing? Were you Did you have the pipe? A fun one that uh, we talk about a lot of time, and I say fun because it's funny for everyone else. Um, I was on the pipe, and I ended up being in a attic where a 6'2", 275-person shouldn't be, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's one that uh, we talk about, bring up a lot, just because I guess from everyone else's point of view, you know, looking up like, ah, oh, are you okay? You know, you're up there. But uh, I think that was probably... Because it kind of, for myself, right? Because we all know that. Usually we don't really get, get recognition. You usually just get talk shit at. Right. Uh, which is awesome because that means they love you. But uh, to actually for myself, like, it was like the first time where I felt like, all right, I'm an engine guy. You know, I I can have a story to tell, you know, a younger version of me. Like That, that was, that was your moment? Yeah. Honestly. And that, that's cool. what That's probably what, a year ago? So no shit. Yeah. So it was. It was like all right. The, Who was anybody with you in that attic? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> no one wants to be in that. Attic. <laughs> no one wants to be in the attic. I did have my guy Chris Vates. Shout uh, out Chris. Spot me, you know, <laughs> holding my butt. So there you go. Make sure I didn't fall from that. He wasn't cooking that, that day. Oh no no. <laughs> He's our manic. He don't cook. Yeah, bro. Yeah, he tells me about how great of a cook he is all the time. <laughs> It seems like you made the transition, but when we go back to your original story, you weren't on the engine. No, so I was you, on the truck, you, yeah. You, you've given your heart to the engine, and then you go take a detail, and you wound up being the recipient of uh, Medal of Honor yeah. from the state fire marshal. So when we left that story, you you kind of got disoriented. You wound up in the, in the uh, resident and run into a body. Right. And it, it's just you at the time, right? Yeah, just me at the time. What do you got, what do you got with you at this time? I uh, just had my Halligan and pike pole. Okay. Were, were you, did you know that you were in like the hallway of an apartment building so or, or of the, the apartment? Time, or? Right, we went from the second floor. It was like a, a wraparound staircase going up to the third. Okay. And I knew that I was near the landing, right, in the stairs. I just really couldn't see well. But since I was in more inside the apartment now, I actually started seeing, like, flames. So visibility was a little bit better, like, seeing it. So I was like, all right, this is where the fire is. We just had a training uh, with our new captain, Captain Wilhelm. And he talked about closing doors, the importance of closing doors behind you. And as, when I tell you, I'm not, like I said on my other interview, man, it was a split-second decision. But at, at one point, I was like, forget this, I'm out. You know, I, I, I'm getting I, ready. I heard that in your interview. Where yeah, I'm getting ready to bail out. Yeah, you had in your mind that maybe I should just leave. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it was like I said, it was one of those things where it's. I guess it's kind of like your your body, right? Like, like fuck this, like, dude, you shouldn't be here. Right. You know, I even checked to see if I had my stuff on. I was like, this is way too hot. But again, um, at that time, whether it be from my past training or training from the fire. I just was like, calm down, calm myself down. I'm good. I'm safe. I just put my tools down, grabbed them out, and uh, closed the door behind me. It, it's it's uh, fear. Yeah. And it's what you do with that fear. Right. 
you know, are you going to overcome it or are you going to back out? And yeah. obviously between being in the military and having some a little bit of time on the job and stuff yeah. like that, you're in, I'm sure, uh, you know, you're like, man, I should get out of here. And then what would my fucking dad say? <laughs> right? <laughs> Honestly, I can't tell you what, like, it was just something like a switch. I like, yeah. can't really explain it. It was just like, I'm good. Don't worry about it. There like, go. let's just get it done. And yeah, just dragged him far enough where I could close the door. How big was this guy? At the time, I didn't know. Uh, you know, Did, dead weight heavy? sounds. I mean, does it matter? Dead weight well, sounds heavy. Well, it, <laughs> or sounds, Jesus Christ. Well, look at it. Sounds heavy. I, I, have, I have a, a reason for that question. <laughs> All right. So, All right, I didn't so at the time, I, I had no clue, right? It just felt, it was dead weight. just felt like a body. And I, I am strong. So I pulled him out or, you know, dragged him far enough and started screaming body, trying to use my raised body. At that time, the pipe guy came up and I was trying to like get his attention, like, because for whatever reason, Sure, of I course. Anyone heard me? Like at the time, you know, comms were crazy because finding out it was all type of other things happening outside at the time. Okay. Because um, the uh, that's when the was the purple hippo, twisted hippo, the brewery like behind the building caught on. Oh, so they're like dealing with yeah. So it was a lot of commotion, and at the time, um, I was like, well. I need to be bring the body down. So I was telling the pipe man, just, you know, yell at radio as I was trying to transition him down the stairs. And this is when I knew like he was probably like 215, 220. Okay. Cause I, I figured this guy has to be big. Cause in his other interview, he's saying he dragged him down. And then another guy came up the stairs yeah. and he was like, thank God, give so, me a hand. Cause no, I, halfway down, man, I was. You were, you were I'm spent. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, dying. I'm like <laughs> you, man, you're blown up at right. that point. And then, uh, so it was like around, I want to say the first to second, uh, um, landing, not landing, but the uh, staircase. Yeah, yeah. The first in between the first to second floor, someone just yelled out, "Let me help you!" And I said, "Grab his legs, I yeah, was like, yeah. please." So, who was that guy? Who can we give so credit to? We we leave the building. I didn't know who it was at first. I just was happy that someone was helping me, <laughs> and we put him down. And I take off my you know my stuff. He took up stuff, and we, we looked for the medics to to come grab the guy. And it was Bill Clements, who's also on Engine 91, who's our other medic. And I w couldn't be happier to see his face. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was great. And he was detailed at Engine 124 that day. Nice. Okay. So it was pretty awesome to have. I just ran in one of your guys. Yeah, it was awesome, right? Like Perfect. No better feeling um, to doing stuff with your guy. It, it wouldn't matter, but it just made it that much sweeter uh, to share that. And... Yeah, we got him on the stretcher. And he was a 33 year old guy. Yeah, you hand him off to medic, and, and I didn't know who. He, honestly, you didn't know if it was a guy or a girl. I didn't or know who he was. I didn't know anything, man. Yeah. I just we put him down. We got him onto the stretcher. But that was it. In your early interview, you were making it seem like you just thought that this was a dead body. Yeah. when you came across him because he's in the fire building. Oh yeah, and Dude, you just ran into him. And I he's thought there was no way. I thought there was no way, man. Like if, and I'm sure you guys felt the heat before. Like if the heat that was there, I mean, blacked out down to the floor. You, I you didn't give him, you gave him zero chance. Yeah, no? I thought it was just going to be recovery. Honestly, I just knew yeah. I had to get him down. So well, and you didn't know anything about it because the medics wound up taking him. Yeah, and I, they took him away. I didn't know nothing. You were just like they took a body. Yeah. When was it that you found out that it, you actually had a save? Probably a week later. No kidding. It was that long? Yeah. I mean, I never, I didn't really ask. I don't, Sure. You know, I, I just ran in my chief and they were asking me some other questions because they were trying to figure out 
you know, they were finalizing their documents and stuff. They were saying, uh, you know, the guy lived. And I was like, oh, all right, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I, I was okay. Like, I really was like, cool. Like, I didn't think nothing of it, honestly, man. Yeah. I was it, like, all right. But you go, you, you have, you know, if it weren't for that split decision, split second decision that you made where you actually had it in your mind that I should just back out of here for self-preservation. And I think under those circumstances, you know, if you had to do what you had to do, I don't think anybody would second guess you, but you stuck in there, you wound up grabbing this guy and he winds up getting saved. And then you find out that he is alive and now somebody is going to contact you saying, did somebody put you up for the the um, state fire marshal? So did, how I that, really had, how have did no clue there? how all this came about, honestly. Um, it was kind of a little, again, struggle. You're, everyone's trying to, it was a bit, happened to be a big fire, a lot of things. We actually ended up just bailing out because it was in turn defensive because it just got, things got crazy. The whole brewery came down crumbling like it got out of control fast. Um, so it was a lot of just kind of that after actual reports getting out of the way. I knew that it was, it was technically since he was alive, it was safe. So I knew they were going to just put something in, but I mean, you know how it is. It's part of the job is, is what we do. So it just happened to be me, right? It was that day, right time kind of thing. But for me, any of my guys would have done the same thing. Um, if they were the first ones there. So it was nothing really like in terms of that high of a award in my mind at all. Like, sure. I, did, I never even heard of the Medal of Honor. For, <laughs> seriously, the only thing I knew was the Medal of Valor, which uh, one of our guys in Squad 2 got before. So that's kind of like what I knew of it. But, you know, we get our unit awards and stuff like that, but I had no idea. Yeah. it was When I, uh, when I worked in the suburbs, I sh- shared a desk with a guy that runs uh, Hit It Hard from the Yard. And uh, he had a piece of paper on a cork board, and it, he had this thing. He was using like a thumbtack for this piece of paper. We would, did the bureau uh, off duty. We did bureau stuff, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this thing?" And he uh, he's like, "Don't worry about it." And I go, "No, really, what is it? Why are you using this thing as a thumbtack? It looks like it belongs." To-. He goes, "Oh, that's a state fire marshal medal of honor. Don't fucking worry about it." <laughs> he fucking walked out of the office. I'm well, like, you know that. Oh, okay. On the same bill that he was on. He's also I know, part of it I as know, well. I know, I know. It's like his second one. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> likes him. Anyways. Nobody. Now I know why nobody likes him. <laughs> now it's all come. It's all making yeah, sense now. Yeah. What'd you think when you found out that they were putting you up for that? I thought it was a joke. Really? I, no, you know we get. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I swear to you, I went to my chief, uh, Chief Chamber. I was like, Chief, is this real? And even he was like, I don't know. Let me see. Let me make some calls. And he's like. Yeah, it's real. They somehow, some way, we don't know how it. And still, got into I would that. still be suspicious because I'd be like, now the chief's in on it. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know what, no, chief? I generally <laughs> did not know. I asked everyone. I was like, "Is this a joke?" I because we didn't know. Right. We thought at most, you know, you get we we'll get the unit award, we'll get something. It's safe, you know. But for that, however, it happened. I still to this day don't know how it happened because you know it has to get. Um, Approved like by the committee, this person had sent this like, so however it happened, um, definitely grateful. But it uh, it was a big surprise, yeah. and it was like I have to RVP. Like it was, it turned out to be a thing. I, I'm not gonna lie. At one point, I was like, 
don't know if I should go. Like, did you catch any shit for you being a detail guy? Of course. When you, <laughs> of course. When, I mean, when you did, what about the guy who was was he on furlough or who was supposed to be there? Oh, I have no idea because Truck Thirteen. I think there was just at that time there's just um, low on guys. Okay. Um, but yeah, I got tons of stuff. You know, <laughs> this guy comes, shows up at the Flores. house shows up one day, walks out with the state fire marshal. Here you go, hero there comes you go. in. You know, way to go, hero. So you didn't find a bunch of capes in your locker? No, no, like no, that. no. Ooh, that's a good one. That is. A good one. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I thought about wearing it on the roll call one day. Oh, there you oh. go. Don't let them get you. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go to Springfield. What crew did you get to take with you? Um, when you so went down there? my engine went. Oh, they did. That's yeah. that's awesome. Oh yeah, and then uh, the, my chief chief chambers went. Um, my girl, her family, my family, uh, and yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. It's it a nice. It's it was a, a cool experience. Very nice setup. I know, like I said, I never really knew about, I knew of because um, Danny Ramos he uh, got the Medal of Valor and went down to Springfield. So yeah, we know a he bl- he's blown us off twice. So <laughs> Danny, 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 but, uh, Danny. Yeah, that's about it. It was it was it was nice. So I was actually very happy that I went and got to experience that and share it with my family and friends. And uh, yeah, I, for me, honestly, as cliche or whatever, cool award. I love it. But um, like I said, any of my guys would have done the same thing. And for me, it's just I was just grateful to make my you know my house proud. To be honest, because at the end of the day, that's your second family and. You know that's who you have, right? I mean, unfortunately, we've suffered a lot of loss this year, but yeah, we we we've been taking it on chin lately, right? We? So to me, it's important, and that's kind of where it comes to my uh, military stuff. Having those guys next to you is all funny games, and people, you know, especially cops, want to you know give a shit for being able to take naps sometimes. But oh, they get <laughs> listen, they get more. <laughs> Half my family's cops. They get more sleep in their squad cars than we do at the front right. sometimes. But when when shit's the fan, man, I mean, we're all we got, right? Yeah. So, I my biggest thing and takeaway is my guys knowing that I will do the same thing for them, and I believe they'll do the same thing for me. That's to me, that's what's important because yeah. that's the same feeling and the same bond I had when I was in the military overseas. So, okay, well let's let's take a break on that. And then uh, we'll come back because we got some gym stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Corey, if you can put your drink down for one second, I want to tell everybody that this episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Chicagoland 1-800-BOARD-UP. Chicagoland 1-800-BOARD-UP. Two questions are likely to be asked in rapid succession when a building is damaged by a storm, flood, or other natural disasters. How bad's the damage, and how can I secure the building? Well, there's actually three questions. Is the beer cold? Is the beer cold? And <laughs> how can we provide this beer to the victim how, how do we keep with proper assistance? <laughs> um, you guys have seen the logo out there. You guys know. I mean, what's... Everyone's seen this this Dalmatian, right? Ben? Wearing the red helmet. Yep. 
Chicagoland 1-800-BOARD-UP. And the reason you guys have seen that is because they're out there and they're helping us out every day. Um, they spent 10 years supporting the fire department. And um, and again, you, you guys know their name. You guys have seen their logo. And that's because you know they're doing right by, uh, by victims out there. Yep, their victim assistance program, which takes somebody whose house has been damaged by fire or wind or water they'll take them from the initial damage to the restoration to moving them back into their residence this is a program that's not just a board up service chicagoland 1-800 board up is more than just a board up company with their victim assistance and over 10 years of supporting the fire service All right, look at that. We're back from our break, and we were kind of wrapping up your uh, accolades from the state fire marshal. But I wanted to get into your. Well, he also he told he made it to the pub across the street, <laughs> and that's that's where Jerry Marzula, Chief Jerry Marzulo, and uh, one of the lawyers for Associated Firefighters Illinois, claims that firemen get abducted by space aliens. <laughs> out of that Irish pub. Would you say you m- possibly may have been abducted by a space alien? If I was there an hour longer, maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some truth right. to Jerry's story. You can catch him on the Associated Firefighters Illinois podcast. Right, here at Fire and Iron Media. There you go. But you, let's get it, let's dive into your, now you've, you you managed to open up your gym. Yeah, Apex Universe. And it's in Elmwood Park, you said? Yeah, Elmwood Park, uh Border of Emma Park, Chicago. Oh, it's, that's a familiar uh, story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know two guys that own a gym on the border of Chicago, but in Harwood Heights. Um, so, yeah. So uh, we've been open two years, three months now. And is it like, what kind of gym is it? So 24-7 access um, um, fitness facility. Um, we have a little functional training area. So not necessarily CrossFit, but... We have a little area where you do, we got kettlebells, all that jazz, and then um, just full out, fully equipped gym. And you do your personal training out of there too? Yeah, we have personal training, um, some group training, and then uh, besides that, it's kind of the family style environment. You know, we got lounge area, people bring their kids, put on Coco Melon stuff, you know. And, <laughs> no, seriously, you're going to watch a lot of Coco Melon. Yeah. And, and I, by the way, for the people listening, Juan's uh, about to be a new dad. Yeah. So congrats. Thank you, thank you. Congrats. I don't know if, I don't know if it's too early because you're oh, going to no. watch a lot yeah. of Coco Melon. So. Stay away from Bli- <laughs> stay away from Blippy. I'm ser- I'm fucking serious. My nephew <laughs> No Blippy. I watched that and I, I I don't know why I refused to put it on for him. Maybe just being, you know, <laughs> He's that, an, that uncle. Do you know that guy's an Air Force veteran, right? Really? Yeah, that's probably why you wouldn't turn it on for him. Maybe. There you go. <laughs> Intuition. Owning the gym Ignorant as we were about owning a gym, and we know your your trials here because I thought you just buy a gym and you go just go there and work out. Yeah, I oh, thought no. that was the I thought that was the thing. Oh no, Vincent, <laughs> that's not what you just do. <laughs> so I imagine you you got to have the same problems that we have. Just there's so much more to a gym. When somebody walks into a gym and they see a barbell, yeah. they see some weights, they see some equipment. That's just the tip of the iceberg yeah. of what a oh, gym is, man, right? Man. 
I mean, first and foremost, I don't know where people get misconceptions or like, you know, people are people. Let's just put it that. But it's very expensive, right? To, <laughs> <And> <laughs> to it, own a gym, right? Things are getting even more expensive. It's, it's yes. Crazy, crazier, crazier, crazier. And so when it, it's funny to me, and I'm maybe you guys go through the same thing. When you tell someone, you know, your membership price or, you know, whatever group training, personal training price, they always have the same look. And it don't matter who they are. And it's kind of like a look of surprise. Like, what? Right. And I just look at them like, and it's kind of it's kind of uh, a numb feeling for me now. Right? I don't take offense to it at all, but do your spiel. But they truly don't understand what it takes to keep the lights on. Um, whenever equipment breaks or, you know, something as simple as a bathroom. So I don't know if you had this instance, but we had over a $1,000 bill just for our bathrooms because people want to flush certain things down the toilet. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. And not just their pre-workout. No. So, <laughs> I mean. What is the most expensive piece of equipment in your facility? That's a tough one. It's real easy for us. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to say our cable machine. Just because for whatever reason, cable machines are just outright stupid expensive. But on the flip side, the maintenance on the cable machine. Because they break all the time. Because people drop them. And then the people drop it, slam. The cables, you know, they're not made how they used to back in the day. Yeah. I have some. So we're mixed, right? We got old school equipment. We got new school equipment. I love it. And the old school equipment, I've never had a problem. <laughs> all the new stuff. We replaced, I just had to replace my uh, small, smaller functional training cable system, both sides, which is completely uh, gone. So, see, like all that stuff that you used to work out with at the old Golds in Texas. Yeah, so I just it's went. probably still there. So, I, I literally started uh, searching for equipment during COVID, right, for myself. That's how I was like, man, everything shut down. We had the firehouse, but it's still, you know, we we're kind of iffy right, on that. Right. So I was like, man, we got to do something. I got to work out. So I literally, at the time, two bedroom, two uh, bath apartment. The second bedroom took everything out and made a little gym in there. <laughs> Your neighbors must stuff. have loved that, dude. I was so scared at one point. I started feeling like the uh, the corner of the floor, like going. I'm like, I don't know if this is safe. Like, <laughs> this is like 700 pounds up here. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't delve heavy. You know, it was, it was wild, man. But from there, I was like, man, you know what? I'm gonna make my own spot, you know. I so just started during COVID, just purchasing equipment. Uh, went to World's Gym in Indiana. They were closing down because of COVID. Got a lot of stuff from there, and it was more of the old school stuff. How did you How did you finance opening a gym? Um. So since it was such a, I'm not want to say in the moment kind of thing, but it wasn't really planned out, right? Like I just knew. Wait, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> We've been here for a little over an hour, and you're gonna tell me you just made a at the whim decision? One of those things, you know? Oh man, I'll go infantry. Why, you know? why change now? <laughs> why change exactly. now, bro? Exactly. Things, things are working out. Don't here's mess with it. After an hour, here's my shocked face. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. I literally just started buying equipment. Oh, that's awesome. Like out of pocket, just out of your pocket. Buying, because it was such it was such a cheap cheap price. Sure. When I was purchasing at that time, but then things elevated. But you didn't you didn't have a spot. You just thought no. you just want. Was that the end game of you buying this equipment? Yeah. So I knew, for me, no surprise, right? On the spot, 
And I knew once I start, I won't be able, I won't be able to go back. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by the Frontline Team. The Frontline Team is now your choice for neighborhood loans with $1,000 credit back to all first responders. Contact the Frontline Team with anything mortgage at 630-235-2405 or send them a message on social media at the Frontline Team. Your experienced team of veterans and first responders who get you. When it comes to mortgages, you got a guy. So purchasing like just the first couple treadmill, squat rack, you know, I knew that there was no point of return. So it's kind of the those are big ticket items. Yeah. The mantra of burn the boats, all gas kind of thing. I love it. <laughs> I knew that I just had to start, and I'll I'll figure it out. Well, I'm I'm glad that somebody else operates that way because for me, so many great businesses and ideas are lost because people spend too much time with the planning. Oh, and we got never start. We got to do this. We got to do that. Sometimes you just got to fucking go. Yeah, oh, and the things it. will work out. It's true. And then he, 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 he has been on this train for, what, three years we've been on this train? Yeah. So no longer. <laughs> it feels like 10 years. So if I if it, we were on his schedule, we wouldn't have nothing. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you were on, uh, you know what we're not doing. You know. But we always I have am, that guy, right? Currently, I have my partners. Yeah. And, hey, we all have. you, And you have to have that. I'm the crazy one. I'm the one. Yeah, there's got to be checks. Let's bring this in. And yeah. then you have the people like you that, uh, nope. Well, hold on. Let's, let's look at this yeah. or look at that, right? So I just, it's, it's I just that want balance. to digest it a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. All right. Give me a day or two. Yeah, <laughs> take, you know, you got to take me out to dinner first. Yeah. <laughs> couple <of> drinks. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> From the time that you were in Alaska to now, this has been what you've been working for pretty much that whole time from yeah. Alaska till now, right? Yeah, literally, So man. You, were, verbatim. you were right in the middle of your dream. Yeah. So I, I think that's awesome that you went for it. And as we both know, every day owning a gym is a struggle. Oh, yeah, every day, especially when you come off 24-hour shift, no sleep, and then you might be there anywhere from 10 to 12 hours at your you know place yeah. of business. Well, me and him are started falling into this routine where we're going to go there to go work out, but then this needs to be done. Oh, yeah, that needs no, to be that's, done. dude. That's the worst, right? So why do you think I live close? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Because I can't tell you how many times, not not anymore, we have we have definitely scaled and we have a nice little team now and, you know, things are handled. But uh, before when it was just us, man, dude, I, middle of the night, you know, because we had a 24-hour system, I forget what happened. It was like a blackout or something that messed up the system. So yeah. we had guys literally standing outside trying to get in the gym. And for me... I say the worst possible thing, right? You know? Right. Yeah, just because I think about myself, like I would be pissed. Yeah. If I came at two in the morning to come work out and it's not working, so we've had a couple of those glitches. Yeah, we, you we know? have it where you open it up with your a phone an okay. app on your phone. Yeah. You guys have a fob or something. So it's like a keypad. So everyone oh. gets their four or six digit code, and so that's the way we're able to track. Just probably like your system, you're just able to track everyone, even when you're not there, right? Yeah. Do, you, do you you rent the bill? You rent your space? Yeah. Yeah, is your guy planning on getting the roof done at any other point? <laughs> we we'll give you a heads up we'll on give, that. Yeah, I'll tell you all about <laughs> about uh, getting uh, the roof done. No, but uh, we definitely outgrown it, so it's going to be kind of interesting oh. to see what we're going to do next. How many members do you have? Uh, a little over four hundred, four twenty-five. Wow! Damn, 
That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say you've outgrown it. Yeah. yeah. No, we have. Yeah. So, we just, hey, we just switched to hardwood height strength and conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> I also wanted to congratulate you because during our break, we brokered a deal where you're actually going to start a new podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that just came up just literally 15 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> but it, it was such a good cause that, um, you know, something that's near and dear to me and Steve that, you know, we're, we're going to make this happen. And, um, oh, you guys are awesome, man. but, uh, give people a heads up on that venture that I'm sure you just jumped well, right into. He also just, <laughs> didn't you just finish a bodybuilding? Uh, didn't you do a competition? Yeah. And I'm going, uh, December, I'm going for my pro card. I'm going to start actually in two weeks prep right. for that one. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So, uh, Veterans Universe is my non-for-profit that I just started, uh, mainly for veterans transitioning from military civilian life, but uh, it's really about the mental aspect. So uh, I'm sure you guys know Wounded Warriors Project. Yeah, yeah. Huge, awesome, they do a lot of good stuff, but they merely focus on anyone that has physical damage, right? So what about that big group that, um, my bracelet here says, uh, all wounds aren't visible, right? So that huge missing link there is the mental aspect, right? PTSD, anxiety, all that, depression, um, you name it. Um, it kind of gets overlooked all the time because, you, hey, you look fine. What's wrong with you, you know, kind of deal. But in that transitioning um, from the military to civilian life, it's pretty tough for a lot of veterans. And till this day, you think things will be implemented better, but there's not. And we're not just focused on it, but that's our main focus. We're definitely um, trying to help others who deal with, you know, uh, mental uh, disabilities as well. But that's uh, primarily what um, we're going after. And what we're talking about, the podcast, uh, we really want to kind of implement that as well in the podcast. It's an easy way to reach people. Yeah. You know, um, you, you just hit a button on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, you know? right? And it could, and it, it's all about the whole point, right? As cliche as that is about changing lives, right? So if we could reach, like you said, veteran who's feeling depressed, they're not leaving. They're at home on the couch, probably right. drinking and looking at their phone. And they can see that, oh, shit, wow, I can change my life. Even though it might be sound crazy how I did it my way, if any way we can help, I mean, that's kind of what it's for. So, Are, are you getting into... Uh, different programs for them like what what yeah so what I have a have lot of things um, already signed up for a lot of people so in terms of therapists um, even if so a big thing is using the VA everyone hates the VA right? right but if we have therapists who are willing to donate their time and at no cost talk you know help out we have barbers who are uh, specifically Chicago Studio. Sh wait, Chicago Lux Studio. Sorry, shout out to Chicago Lux Studio. <laughs> Giving out free haircuts for veterans for interviews. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, it's a big is, deal. No, that's awesome. Well, and let's then, get a, some kind of clothing store so that we can right? outfit them like as well. Yeah, so that's kind of the idea. It's um, Our next event is going to be kind of like a workshop event, um, bringing in all these people to talk to them. With the haircut, uh, I have someone who's willing to help with uh, resumes for veterans. Um, the mental health, I said, the haircut. And I also have someone who's willing to um, t 
teach people how to interview, right? That's a huge thing. Like, as a veteran, I could tell you, I've been to a couple interviews and learning how to speak correctly when you're coming from that world to civilian world, it's, it's night and day. So, and people don't really think about this stuff. So, well, what if you got them their level one? CrossFit certification. Oh, cro- I, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> hey, this is this is my job. I'm sorry, buddy. I come I'm up sorry. with these ideas. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You, All right. So whatever Vince said, go. <laughs> yeah. People you, that want to break into break into our our industry, our side job. Yeah. They need a level we would, one. We would hire any uh, veteran coaches. So obviously, my gym is part of the Veterans Universe and giving free memberships to help. Uh, any veteran that wants to get into fitness, right? Because fitness is huge, um, whether you think about it or not, in terms of helping get that discipline routine and allowing you to realize, you know, what you can do. So, and there's something about when you're having a bad day and you grab onto that fucking barbell, yeah, and it's go time. Oh yeah, you walk out of there, you feel so much better. Your bad day doesn't stressful. last that no. long. No, no everything's out the door at yeah. that point, right? Like you come in the spot, it's your it's your peace, yeah. it's your safe zone, and um, the misconception, right? Because I do bodybuilding. is like, oh, you have to be at a certain level. My gym has all sorts of people from people who've never worked on their life. We have uh, a nice little wave of 70 to 80-year-olds who come in, kill it, and leave, right? Do you get people yeah. who say to you, oh, I'm, I'm going to work out, and then I'm coming to your gym? Yeah. Like, I got to get fit to come to your yes. gym. And it's the craziest Does that drive you crazy? Thing. I have a neighbor who she... Literally, is like I gotta get ready to go. To, I'm like, what? It's a it's a regular gym. It's crazy, right? Well, here's here, listen, and and we all kind of, but coming up, the biggest, some of the biggest jacked, most intimidating looking guys in the gym, yeah, are want, the nicest guys. Are the nicest guys? They want to share their knowledge. Yes, they're excited. Listen, they're big and jacked and scary looking for right. a reason because they put their effort and their life right. into it. And they're excited they're to the talk to They're the last people to judge you. Yeah. They're the, the first ones that will help you and show yes. you how to do it correctly. And they are so excited to talk about weightlifting and yeah. whatever else with you. that It's like when you go to a dispensary. <laughs> the guy that's selling you, that's he loves talking about yeah, that. 100%. Yeah. So there you go. Don't Find the biggest jack guy and ask him how to do a bicep curl, and he'll fucking tell you. He'll, he'll tell you yes. exactly how to do it. <laughs> so, is, now, so bodybuilding is like that's your... That's your thing, right? That, yeah. That, so it that wasn't your... always that started. So actually, again, you know, mental health, I have PTSD myself. I go to therapy. Uh, I believe everyone needs therapy, but huge advocate about it. But I, at one point in my life, you know, everything was perfect. I was going down the down road. I was 330 pounds. Yeah. I was a big guy. You're 6'2? Yeah. 6'2, so even 330 then, pounds. Yeah. I couldn't tie my shoe, putting on my fire gear. I was, you know, it was hard. And I lost 101 pounds, and that really is what changed, like, that level, right? I always was in fitness. I played sports, all that jazz, military. But the point is everyone, you know, has that point, right? Everyone always just assumes that I was always fit, that I always, like, nah. You you lost 100 pounds. Was that just mainly diet? So I, how I did it was I set the date, right, again, Spontaneous, (laughs) Spontaneous, <laughs> literally on a whim. Like my friend was like, "Dude, you're strong in his ox, but you should definitely think about doing the show. I'm getting ready for." It. And I just said, "Fuck it, I'll do it." Next day, all in, 
lost 101 pounds and got ready for a bodybuilding show. And it just literally triggered, like, I'm going to be on stage naked. I can't look. <laughs> I'm going to wear a Speedo. I can't have to look good, right? Like, And that was it, man. And You know, so, I've, I've heard, and you going through it, help me out with this. I heard that a bodybuilder who steps on the stage for a show is as unhealthy as a human being can be at that particular time because of the dehydration right, right. and everything else. Is that, is that a fair yeah, statement? Yeah, so, I mean, there's levels to it, right? You got the amateurs, you got the pro. Um, pros definitely take it to a whole nother um, level. But in terms of health, definitely the it's called peak week. Um, it's the last week before the show. And the whole dehydration process is definitely not the safest. Um, you definitely need to know what you're doing. Did you fuck up your kidneys? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things can happen. I mean, it just depends on the person, right? To each his own. Everyone's different, but everyone has their own experience through it. But that's one of the big goals is to lose all that water so that you can see this. Everything. All the muscles. Yeah, yeah. uh, all the muscle fibers. Um, And it's kind of like the carb up, carb up process. The couple days before pushes your muscle towards the skin and getting the water out, obviously, that's what makes, you know, the muscle pop. Yeah. Damn. So that whole process is, is just crazy, huh? Yeah. Damn. How far out do you start, like, dieting and training for a show? For everyone's different. Okay. Um, for, for you. For me, I did almost eight months of work. Okay. To and lose at eight months, pounds. how many calories are you taking in at day one of your eight months? I don't remember that because that was my first shot. I don't remember that. Okay. But, like, my most recent is a little different. I did only 12 weeks. And... I started off at 3,600 and worked my way down to about 2,400 at my lowest. 2,400 for you is is pretty... Yeah, it's pretty low. It's pretty low, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We call call a bikini diet like uh, 1,600 to 1,800. So, yeah, anything close to two for someone my size is definitely really low. You're suffering, yeah. And you, you feel like shit? Yeah, I mean, the guys... Because you still have to train. The the guys the fire have seen, I've... There's been times where I look dead... And early on, now it's it's not the same because I've been doing it for three years now. So you you get adjusted to that. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, your body changes. Every um, prep is easier. Um, you're not going as hard because I don't hold as much fat now, so it's not the same, right? Like I can, I won't go close to twenty four hundred now. I'll be maybe three thousand, the lowest now. Really? Oh yeah, because that's kind of the thing, right? The whole point you're going so low is to lose the fat, but if you're at a good state. Right, if I'm not three thirty, and you're eating carbs all the way up to yeah. the showtime. Oh yeah, last show I carbs nice. did not drop carbs. I mean, I lowered right. You do uh, carb cycling, you lower carbs, uh, up carbs, but I did not. I ate carbs the whole way. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I was three hundred and fifteen pounds, and my friend said, "Let's buy a CrossFit gym." <laughs> that's a good and way. I lost seventy five pounds. That's awesome. And how do you feel? Fantastic. So when I got from three thirty. You know Billy Baker? Yeah. When I got from 330 to 300, one day I go, man, I feel light, you know? He looks at me and goes, because you're at 300 fucking 30 pounds. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, that's a big difference. How yeah. big is he? He's a pretty big guy. He works out. He's like, I don't know how much he weighs. Probably 260, 255. He's, six, he's around the same height, 6'2". Yeah. One. Where can people get to Veterans Universe? So uh, there's a link on my Instagram page, Puerto Rican Bull, at Puerto Rican Bull. 
um, Instagram, um, Veterans Universe, and then our website should be live next week. Okay. So send us that info and we'll promote 100%. it. And then because you're you're now a new member of Fire and Iron Media. Oh yeah, I'm and, so uh, excited. Appreciate you guys. Yes, uh, you're going to be doing that straight out of here, and we even got your sound engineer so that you guys can meet. Literally sitting <laughs> right here, right next. Big shout out to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, thank helps you for us all with the our with our amazing podcast. work you do. Yes, helps us with the uh, Associated Firefighters Illinois podcast. Uh, what else? Behind our door, and uh, everything, Zapp, everything else. Annette Zap, Fire Rescue Wellness. Yeah, he's in it to win it over here. Yeah. What do you think of the those board up guys? What do you think about uh, like Chicagoland one eight hundred board up, which Honestly, is one of our sponsors? How do, do you never wondered how those guys get to the fires before you guys? Sometimes, <laughs> but not you know not to really. Most of the time, you're trying to you know get a fresh tank in and you know <laughs> clean up a little bit, drink some water, but. I used to mention it. That is pretty interesting. <laughs> it is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> uh, who else we got? We got to throw out some. Uh, the frontline team is, they've had some big news, right? They're, uh, they ventured out, and they got some big news coming up that we'll let you guys all know. But They're still they're, your number one guys. They're still doing their thing. Now they mortgages. can actually do it even better yeah. than and, before. And we, all, we, we talked about it. The frontline team, listen, if you're refinancing, buying a house, uh, you know, buying an investment property or your vacation home or whatever it may be, you got to talk to these guys. I literally did not leave. I did a deal with Josh Hill. I did not leave my house, period. <laughs> the lady showed up and I signed the paperwork on my front doorstep. Convenience. Convenience. That's what it's all well, about, you, folks. you got a baby coming. You're going to need a bigger house. <laughs> I don't know about and, that. You know, and when you do... We needed yes. to call the front line. And when <laughs> I will call the front line. <laughs> yes. And when Juan gets uh, a little uh, nick or injury. He's going to go to a sports and ortho physical therapy. He's right <laughs> over to sports and ortho physical therapy to see Dahlia. I mean, uh, we, we're always going to have aches and pains. Oh, yeah. If yes. you're, you're going to do this and, you know, it's cost of doing business for trying to be healthy is you're going to get, you know, lumped up every now and then. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you do for rehab? Um, We have a ma- massage therapist on site. Do you really? Yeah. And then uh, my chiropractor just left to Tampa to open up his own place, so I'm looking for. Okay, you know, we may have uh, somebody for you. Cairo, a little pay on the sports or yeah. throw what they have going. Do you Maybe. do any? Uh, Always looking at. Do, do you have any other protocols for like rehab? Do you like do a sauna? Do um, you do we have ice a sauna. Bath or anything we have like a sauna that? in the gym on site um, as well. Uh, I wish we had a cold plunge, but. Um, it's like forty five hundred dollars. Yeah, they're, they're ridiculous. And you got to clean it all the time, all the time. They uh, and Vince hates cleaning. But when we get the <laughs> bigger gym, you know, yeah, maybe a little Apex CrossFit Whoa. duo. You know what I'm saying? Done. <laughs> we just deal. became best friends. <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself a deal. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank uh, you, guys. Tell everybody awesome. where your gym is for those people who are at that yeah. Uh, yeah. part of town. When Apex Universe, seven seven zero nine West Belmont. Avenue. How, how close is that to the Elmwood Park Firehouse? It's on the other side. Okay. Yeah, we have a we have a lot of cops, firemen. Um, Do you have any Elmwood Park uh, firefighters or lieutenants uh, that uh, go to your gym? No, <laughs> Could you yet. imagine that? Could you imagine that, Corey? <laughs> Be like, hey, Corey, you know, you 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 own a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about I that. Forgot about that. <laughs> forgot about that. But I got a membership over at Apex. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Well, at least it's wine. The only, you're right, the only one sure. we'd allow. Yeah. yeah but, you have uh, a, of course, got to help out the guys. You got a first responder discount for sure. So. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, hey, thank you again. So uh, we're going to be looking forward to the uh, Veterans Podcast, uh, uh, your gym in Elmwood Park, and uh, any time you got something else uh, going on, uh, give us a shout and we'll have you back on here. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll tell some more stories. Awesome, man. So Appreciate thank it. you so much again and congratulations on your baby. Thank congratulations you on your award. Appreciate thank it. You congratulations. Thank you, thank you. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.